Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. He's on the Service Master by Cornerstone phone line. It is Chris Harrington. Chris, what are we listening to? It's uh, Kooks by David Bowie from his album Hunky Dory. One of the best songs about young parenthood. Send that out to Tyus Jones and his wife uh, and their two young kids, one of whom was on display over the weekend at the Grizzlies game. So, um, uh, last week, when you were with us, you made the, the you, you pointed out that it had been roughly 16 years since a bench player for the Grizzlies, bench wing player for the Grizzlies had scored double digits. Okay, I forget exactly how long, but it had been a long time. It had not, it had not happened in the month of February. It had not happened in the month of February, which ends this week. Uh, and uh, that a, that a Grizz backup wing player had scored double digits. Or, uh, yeah, wing or guard. Wing or guard, player. yeah. And, uh, and we got two of them Saturday. Yeah, that's a pretty good way to break out of that slump, you know, to get nine threes combined by your backup backcourt and Tyus Jones and Luke Kennard. So, yeah, that's a pretty good recipe for winning if you're the Grizzlies. Um, it's sort of an odd game in that, like Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson didn't really do much. Ja was actually very good, but the other two guys, other two stars, didn't do much. But they just got so much good play from everywhere else. I mean, in terms of shooting, it was Tyus and Kennard. But I thought Tillman and Dylan Brooks were also really good, sort of two-way players in that game. Um, in terms of Tyus, are you pro or con? Bring your kid to the press conference uh, uh, after the post game. Um, I am, I'm in favor of judicious deployment of the kids at the press conference. <laughs> that seems right. I, I, I am con overdoing it. Yes. That's the first time I can remember him doing it. Yep. It's the first home game since he's had this other kid. I give it, I, I, I endorse that particular instance. Also, the kid was completely adorable. That helps. So that helps the kid that. is up to it. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I think if he starts doing that every time he, he – he, he, which I don't think he will, but if he starts doing that every time like he was on the – he had one of those, then I, I would give it a thumbs down. Uh, and especially like if you do it – Ty Jones wasn't about to take any tough questions. He just played a great game, and the Grizzlies had played a great game. But if you start doing it as a way to sort of deflect tough questions, like that would be a big thumbs down. But I think, I think you should – that's not something you should overdo. I think every once in a while in the right moment, it's good. Yeah, I see people draw, draw lines about this. I'm pro it, I'm anti it, and I, I think it's purely situational. I think it can be absolutely wonderful and charming and appropriate and can be overdone. And, uh, and it, as you point out, it's worst when the kids are used as a human shield uh, to, to deflect 
to deflect hard questions. Did the kid come out first? How did this work? I was trying to figure that out. You, you wrote a separate on this. He came yeah, out. Well, no, yeah. Tyus Jones, so, so the way they typically do it now, not always, but typically, they'll do, the coach always sits at the little, I guess it's not a podium, a di- dais, dais yep. or whatever, sits at the table. And typically, they'll be two players who come out after the coach, and then the locker room is also open. Some nights, they just say, just go to the locker room. We're not bringing any players out, especially when they lose. Um, but Tyus Jones was one of the two players, and he was the second of the two. So he was the last of the three people to come to the table. And it took a long time. Um, and, and we were sort of we were sort of joking. I was sort of joking, like, you know, surely his wife has texted him to hurry up and get home. What's taking him so long, right? <laughs> Well, it turned out that he was the only kid, kid number one. And so when he came, finally came in, he brought the kid oh, with I him see. and set him up on his lap and, and did his thing. Yeah. Uh, kid two arrived during the All Star break. Uh, yes, uh, his daughter was born during the, during the All Star break, and Tyus had put that up on his own Instagram. So he announced that publicly himself, and then Drew had, you know, taken taken that picture and retweeted it, and I put Drew's tweet. I wasn't going to go look up the Instagram right. myself, but I put Drew's tweet in my story. Uh, in terms of the recipe, uh, I don't think we can count on Tyus Jones going to five of ten from three. Um, I think you can uh, count on. No, but, go, but going yes. like three weeks with, with <laughs> right. without he, – he'd gone seven games in a row without, without hitting a single three. So right. I don't think we, we should, shouldn't count right. on that either. He had not made one in his last seven games and had gone three of 21 in his last 11 games. Um, yes, you need him to be a – uh, contributor, and with his shooting, among other things, um, very clearly, um, and you need Luke Kennard. Uh, I, I don't know what you think. Of, Luke Kennard does. It is interesting watching him play, and I hadn't you know, focused on him previously. He's obviously a great shooter. He's really, he does see the floor exceptionally well. He's kind of a deft passer, not flashy, but a deft ball mover, it seems to me. Yeah, no, he's a great shooter. He's he's a good passer. To me, the question is him, obviously, A, the defensive end, but B, generating those shots, right? Like, if you notice the one possession, which the one possession which I had in my column, which to me is a Santi Aldama highlight possession, where that ended with Luke Kennard hitting a corner three, that was the third time in that possession that Luke Kennard caught the ball. Uh, it, it, It was the third time that he got a shot up, right? The idea of Luke Kennard is you catch the ball, you're, you know, you, you're hoping you're, you're catching position to, to pull the trigger. And that is, you know, that, that was the big question with him for Tyron Lue with the Clippers. Um, you know, can, are, are you going to get shots up? Are, are you going to be able to get shots up against tight defense, which you're going to have because you're a good shooter? And are you, are you sort of willing to sort of be nervy enough to get those shots off against tight defense? And so, you know, I, you know it's an ongoing thing with, with Kennard and the Grizzlies in terms of how it's going to work out. But I think he's generally acquitted himself pretty well so far. Obviously, he hit four, four threes in that game. It was interesting because it was a fascinating clip that you tweeted out. Um, he got it three different times, finally put up the shot. Um, the shot that he ultimately took, it didn't seem like – was it the, the – I think the – if he had taken it the first time, it was, he it was it was also heavily contested. Yeah, yeah it wouldn't. It was no better, but than than ones right. that he had passed up in that same possession. I guess is my point. Yes. Um, yeah. No. I, I think that, that that is a subtext of that clip. The lead of that clip is Sati Aldama just doing stuff, but, <laughs> right. but the subtext of that clip is Luke Kennard, like finally the third time he puts the shot up. Yeah. Um. So Jaron didn't have a great game. Be that whatever. He's he's a great player. He's had a great year, et cetera. 
Desmond Bain didn't have a great game, and various people were worried about his back and whatnot. I saw there's some, you know, at one point he had a he had a thing on his back or whatnot. Um, he, has the, he, has, he has the thing on his back every single game. Right. That, that is not that's, – that's, in fact, going back to last year, I noted that once last year. The first time I noticed him wearing the, the brace on his back, yeah. I, I, I pointed it out. and then, But, but that, that's, that's an every game maintenance thing for him. That was nothing new in that okay. game. Um, as you point out, Dylan Brooks, nice game, 12 points. He was, he was everything you want. He, he shot less and shot better. Uh, he was five of nine, so and he played his typically ferocious defense. Um, and then Xavier Tillman, also really good. Um, thoughts on either of them, particularly? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think you know. I, I mean, I wouldn't turn down Dylan Brooks, you know, jumping up and scoring eighteen every once in a while either. Right. But that is generally, on average, what you want from Dylan Brooks. I mean, if he's if he can get get you low double figures on on efficient shooting, and then just play hard defense, that is sort of game day in day out. That is an ideal Dylan Brooks kind of performance. Um, Tillman, I just think was really good. Tillman has limitations. Um, he's been playing great ever since he's been in by his standards. So you have to allow right. that his standards have a very firm ceiling on it, right? Right. Um, He's very he's a floor bound six eight guy. He struggles to finish stuff around the rim and you know et cetera. But he's really good. He's really good at sort of playing sort of around the free throw line on both ends in the sense of um, setting picks, getting steals, moving the ball. He's just a real good. He's just a good pure basketball player in that sort of area. And he's willing to, to body up with bigger guys. He, he won't always get the best of that matchup. Obviously, against Embiid, he did not all the time. But he, but he's, he will be physical with you. I mean, he, had, he had Jokic bleeding like three minutes into the game uh, from his arms. But Tillman's just a really good, solid basketball player. He just has pretty hard physical limitations that really like cap his upside as an NBA player. So he's a good guy to have around. What happens to him and his minutes when Stephen Adams returns? Oh, I think it's an interesting question. Um, I think more than likely he's, he's out of the rotation. And, and, and you stick with Brandon Clark and Santi Aldama as your backups. And it is this weird toggle thing with Tillman where he goes from not playing to starting just based on, on the injury stuff or based on other things. I mean, last year he didn't play all season. And then he got into a game late. That game they won against Phoenix with most mostly their bench players. Right. He played really well against eight and late. And then they got into the playoffs, and then and Adams became a matchup problem, or so so they believed. And suddenly Tillman starting games. And that toggle seems weird, like DNP or start. But I think that is the most likely scenario for him. I don't think as good as he's been lately. I don't think with Adams back they would play him above Brandon Clark. What do you think of Brandon Clark uh, uh, about Brandon Clark uh, late? And did, um, they, did they overpay for Brandon Clark? I guess that's my question. It, will, will we look back well, at that? And yeah, say, I what think did they, they probably do? did a little yes. bit. Hey, at, at best, it was a fair contract. It was not oh another market for the Grizzlies. I, I think some people treated it that way, sort of reflexively. But Brandon Clark, I don't think is going to be a starter for this team. Like even in you know down the line, Stephen Adams moves off, Jaron gets bigger. I just don't see that as ever being the primary starting lineup. And so, you know, he's a good third big. He's a good fit for the Grizzlies in terms of the vertical spacing with Jod, in terms of his fit with Jaron and all of that. So, like, I think it's okay. But, you know, now with Aldama coming on, I do wonder about it a little bit. I, I think Clark, Clark has not had, I can't remember, a particularly good game of late. 
but he could come out, you know, tomorrow night and like, you know, and, and, and for him, it, it's it's less about what he does than about how the team is flowing, right? He's he doesn't create anything, and so is it flowing in a way that that vertical spacing and that and that 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 activity around the rim is gonna is gonna allow him to have a big game? I just think that varies night tonight. He had a bunch like he was decent against Boston. You know that was in a loss, but he was actually pretty good in that game and. Boston, Chicago, Minnesota, he was productive in all three of those games. Whatever. He was, you know, to his standards. Whatnot. Okay. Um, Grizzlies now find themselves. Uh, they're, they're still uh, in second. What's interesting is I think coming out of the All-Star break, it was, well, you know, are Phoenix going to get themselves together and, and make a run at it or are the Clippers going to get themselves and make a run at it? Right now, as you look at it, the only – team that really has a realistic chance of catching the Grizzlies, it feels like, for second, is your Sacramento Kings. Um, they're four and a half, they're I mean, four and a half up now on the Suns and five up, I think that's right, five up on the Clippers. So it's either the Grizzlies or the Kings. You're, you're, probably you're, so. I mean, we're, we're, we're still waiting. I mean, the Phoenix thing is still theoretical. Kevin Durant has not played right. a game with the Suns, and so We'll see. I, I, I'm skeptical. Uh, I, I guess less less skeptical than I was, you know, a week ago. I guess, but still skeptical that the Kings are going to catch or pass the Grizzlies. I'll, I haven't. I'm not taking a close look at their schedule the rest of the way and see sort of how how that shapes right. up. Um, but they're playing very good basketball of late. Um, and you know, again, like, what a game and a half. You know, who knows? I, I think the Grizzlies are going to be okay. I think. I could see I could see it tightening up or even it flipping in the next couple of weeks and then flipping back. Right. I mean, the, t- the toughest part of the Grizzly schedule is the now. next week or so, and, right. then, and, and then it eases up. And so, I mean, I'm I'm when I say I don't think they're going to catch the to pass the Grizzlies, I'm talking about what the standings are going to be when the season's over. Right. Like you know, and so we'll see. Well, yeah, it's it's interesting because right now. Uh, Grizzlies, Denver, as you've established, Denver's going to be first. They're five and a half up on the Grizzlies. You've then got a game and a half to Sacramento. Then you've got three to Phoenix, three more to Phoenix. So the Grizzlies are four and a half up on Phoenix, five up on the Clippers. The interesting thing, in addition to the Grizzlies feeling like, all right, are they going to, are they going to lose this to Sacramento? Sacramento has a three-game cushion on Phoenix. So right now, there seems like a reasonable likelihood that the Grizzlies could end up with a path that is either like Golden State in round one. Right now it would be Golden State and Utah would play in the first play-in game. If Golden State wins that, you would think they would. Utah's going to drop out of there. It's not going to be Golden State and Utah. But let's say Golden State emerges from the play-in or Dallas emerges from the play-in. Very possible, either one of those. Right. Um, You then have that as your first-round game, and then you would have a home series, and the season ended today, against Sacramento – as your second round series. If I offered you right now, Chris, a first round series against Golden State and a second round series against Sacramento with you hosting both of those series, as a someone who wants the Grizzlies to succeed, would you take it? Yeah, I'd take that, but but also you're assuming that Sacramento is going to win their first round series. Yes, no, no, 100%. Um, you're right. They, they could easily lose. They, right now they would play Dallas and could easily lose that series, 100%. Yeah, right. but I was I was offering you yeah. that as a as a yeah no yeah. no I'll, I'll I'll take that I mean I I sort of I, there would be understandable trepidation about playing the Warriors, yes. um, but I sort of embrace that challenge you know slay the beast I say. <sighs> 
Um, slay the beast. All right, got the late. You know what? We'll stop and talk about the Lakers tomorrow because um, we got. It's unclear if LeBron will play. Uh, he got banged up over the weekend. They have won four out of five since the additions, uh, and are looking better. They came back uh, from way down to be down twenty-seven to beat Dallas. In terms of the things non-Grizzly related that were interesting over the weekend, uh, which of these particularly appealed? Dame going for seventy-one. The Kings beating the Clippers 176 to 175. The Titanic Celtics Sixers Tatum buzzer beater, Embiid almost buzzer beater, 70 footer that was disallowed because it was too late. Uh, the Lakers coming back from 27 to beat Dallas. The Clippers Nuggets. Uh, Clippers then beat the Nuggets after the Nuggets lost to the Grizzlies. Um, those are among the things that happen in a really eventful weekend of any NBA basketball. Did anything intrigue you particularly? Yeah, I got to start staying up late. I don't know if I have it in me to stay up late. And catch, like, <laughs> right. you know, that, that 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 Clippers, whoever was Clippers Kings that went to the one seventy six, one seventy five. Yeah. Then the then the name thing. I guess I think the most interesting is the Mavericks because that game was in Dallas, right? That game was yes. And then afterwards, yeah. afterwards, uh, you had Jason Kidd saying, "We have to grow up." I mean. That team has just sort of been thrown together. I mean, Kyrie just showed up like a week ago, and right. so I, I just don't – I don't know. I don't have a lot of faith in that Dallas team, and so that only made me even more sort of not had, not had faith in it, not have faith in it. And so the idea that Dallas could slip, you know, if you got Golden State, and they still don't have Steph Curry, but, you know, you never know. The, the Lakers, I would – the Lakers got a chance to really move up quick. Absolutely. I, I will say. I, I I think that Lakers, and I, I was not a believer in the Lakers to start of the season, but they've changed half their rotation since then. They've literally had like five new players. Right. Um, and I think I think Vanderbilt and Beasley are great fits on that team. Um, I'm not a D'Angelo Russell fan, but I'm more, a fan, more of a fan of him than Russell Westbrook, you know, so that's an upgrade right. there. And so, like, I, you know, I've been dismissive of the Lakers, but I'm sort of now not dismissive of the Lakers. And so I would, I'd be worried about the Lakers if I were lots of other teams in the West right now. They're only two and a half games out of six. So we talk about getting into right. the play, and they're only two and a half games out of six. And, of course, for those well, of us— well, well, yeah. let, let me ask you a question. Who, 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 would, you, who would you rather face in a first-round series if you're the Grizzlies, the Warriors or the Lakers? <sighs> I'd rather I'd rather play the Warriors. I'd rather play the Warriors because I'd rather slay the beast. I'm, I, the LeBron thing's a little nausea. I'm just over it. You know, I'm over the Lakers. I would I would I think it would be fun to beat the Warriors. That's what I think. I agree, but like the like, I mean, you know, at this point, like, don't dismiss the idea that Lakers could be a first round opponent. No, they 100 percent could be a first round opponent. They they absolutely yeah. could be a first round opponent. Uh, and then finally, um, I saw that you uh, approved of the Grizzlies organization. Uh, their latest acquisition, only not because of his game, but because of his name. Um, are you, do, you, do you even remember? Do you remember this name? I mean, you wrote about him, but do you remember? Like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Adonis Arms. Adonis Arms. Oh, yeah, Adonis Arms. Yeah. But what about the legs? Yeah. yeah. What about the legs? The, the, no. Yeah. Go ahead. That's that's you know I mean Adonis Arms of the Memphis Hustle really does sound like a move <laughs> something from a script. That's a, you know that's a that's a screenplay thing, so yeah, Davis Arms is a pretty special basketball name, I have to say. The, the the hustle acquired over the weekend a player named Adonis Arms. Chris, I appreciate it. Thanks very much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.